You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 14 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. I am delighted to be joined by the author of the Western League Bulletin, Tom Hiscott. Tom, great to see you. We are at our spiritual home. We are back in the RAM. Yeah, indeed. It's good to be back. Good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while, so yeah, it's always nice to nice to chew the fat face to face, and yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of plenty of football to, to to chat about. We have. We've got a massive podcast to bring the listeners this week, and they've put us in a new room here, haven't they? After sort of failing to get into the basement last time round, we've got this the palatial surroundings of what can only be described as the boardroom. Uh, it's a bustling bar downstairs. There'll be it's an active pub here, of course. We'll we'll probably be getting all sorts of noises, crash bang wallops as we go through the uh, the podcast. But you know, I think that just adds a little bit of atmosphere. Yeah, it's nice and plush up here. But as you say, yeah, thank very thankful again for for them hosting us and yeah as I said good to be back and yeah hopefully this isn't the the last time we meet up this season I'm sure it won't be well we've got our Christmas dinner to arrange later so I look forward to that anyway on this episode of the podcast uh, we bring you interviews with Bridport's manager Adam Fricker uh, Tom Perkins from Devizes Town and Kerry Miller our press officer previews the FA Vars matches that are coming up this week but we will start by taking a look back at the fixtures that uh, that happened this week we start on Tuesday the 23rd of October and we go to Brislington where the visitors were cribs we did uh, the Premier Division match on yeah on Tuesday evening, and it was an, an away win. Uh, Cribs uh, winning three two. Jason Vincent uh, doing doing pretty well for them at the moment. He scored twice uh, before half time to to lead them to the away win. Now five goals at Brislington Cribs and five goals at our next game. It was in the first division, and it was Well City against Bristol Telephones. Yeah, indeed, uh, and three of those goals from James Bayliss, who was very much the star for for Wells on Tuesday evening. He managed to to score a hat trick. Telephone's defence struggling a little bit uh, at the moment, but yeah, uh, Bayless putting them to the sword and uh, yeah, leading Wales to a 5-0 win. Now, moving on to Wednesday the 24th of October, and in the Premier Division, Hengrove, it's been a difficult start to the season so far for them. They entertained near-rivals Cadbury Heath. Yeah, they did, uh, and they were leading leading this one at the break. Goals from Asa White uh, and Mark Fear, giving them a two-goal buffer at the break, uh, but the Heath managing to come from behind in this one to claim the 3-2 win. Uh, George Boone and Matt Huxley uh, but getting them level uh, and then Huxley completing the turnaround uh, injury time penalty so heartbreak for Hengrove obviously have got this uh, losing run uh, which has continued uh, but yeah the Heath uh, very much uh, happy to see Mr Huxley back I think he's uh, yeah, a big player for them and uh, back among the goals already a 3-2 win uh, away at Hengrove now, also on Wednesday, the 24th of October, in the Premier Division, Westbury United took on Bitten. Now, of course, Westbury United, newly promoted, have had an awesome start to the um, to, to life in the Premier Division, and we keep on expecting them to slip up. If ever they were going to, it's going to be against the high-flying Bitten, of course, themselves a, a real promotion contender. Um, but um, Westbury's impressive run continues, Tom. Yeah, it did. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like Cabra Heath, they came from behind. Uh, to take the three points in this one. Uh, home form looking absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, so Bitten going ahead through Dean Griffiths. Uh, obviously, early early season pace that has Bitten. Uh, slowed down a little bit, and Westbury managed to, to come back in this one. Uh, an own goal levelling things up uh, before Callum Demkiv, obviously, has uh, yeah, scored plenty of goals already this season for for the Wiltshire side. Uh, yeah, managed to score the winner in this one, uh, lead Westbury to a, a what could be a vital 2-1 win against, yeah, as you say, one of their promotion rivals. 
And in the first division, uh, well, Oldland Amatonians took on Cheddar. Now, Cheddar, we're going to talk about them a couple of times um, today on the podcast because their goal-scoring feats are absolutely incredible. Yeah, this is the first half of their uh, sensational sensational double. Uh, two away games as well. So the first one, yeah, as we say, uh, Wednesday evening away at Oldland, an 8 nil. Uh, victory for them uh, and Adam Jones I mean yeah five goals for him in this one uh, and there was also goals from uh, other Adams uh, Davis and Wright uh, you'll see that um, Adams seemed to be doing most of the uh, the heavy lifting for Cheddar at the moment but yeah um, Adam Jones top of the goal scoring charts uh, in the first division and yeah very much helped by this uh, five goal performance where Oldland now we move on to Saturday the 27th of October and starting in the Premier Division, our first featured game is Bridport at home to Roman Glass St George. Yeah, Bridport, um, obviously yeah, a couple of games in hand on most, uh, probably not in the league position they'd expect to be at this uh, this point. Uh, but yeah, a good win this one over Roman Glass, who've started pretty well, uh, to obviously following their promotion last year. And yeah, 3-1 win for Bridport and Mark Solskjaer, obviously, um, yeah, scored plenty of goals in his career, uh, scoring twice more on Saturday afternoon to, to lead Bridport to the 3-1 win. Now, Bridport, great cup pedigree. Uh, and I've always thought, ever since we started doing the podcast, Tom, that Bridport were one of those sides that were very difficult to beat. So I was completely shocked and astounded when I saw that they'd had a good result against a, what we know to be a very good Roman Glass St George side and that they were so um, lowly in the table. And that's really where I picked up my interview with Adam Fricker, their manager, and I started off by asking him how on earth they found themselves 17th. Looking at the fixtures, I appreciate that what you're, you know, what you're saying about the sort of the fact that they're interspersed with, um, with, with cup, with cup competitions. But the funny thing is that you've not been normally sides that find themselves at the foot of the table have had prolonged periods where they've been out of form. They've picked up a, they've picked up a run of defeats. You haven't really had that. You've had the odd defeat here and there, but you very quickly turn it around. Yeah, definitely. I just, I just think it is purely at the moment the volume. You know, we've we've won our last two league games. Um, you know, I think looking at the league, most of the sides were probably five games behind. And if if we put a couple of results together and claw a couple of games back, we you know we, we end up in the top top nine or ten. So um, which obviously make a massive difference. But you know, we don't have any midweek league fixtures. You know, fast approaching for us to sort of catch those games up at the moment. But I can't believe that you're too bothered about the, the situation as it is at the moment, because as you say, you are so many games um, behind your, certainly the, the teams immediately above you. I mean, if we were talking about this at the other end of the season, there is that pressure, isn't there, that this, if you've got points on the board, they count more than the games in hand, particularly if you go on a bad run. But this early in the season, I mean, it almost makes a bit of a mockery of the league table, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree in the fact that it's not, you know, it's not a concern. But, but to be honest, you know, we would much prefer to have those points on the board, and we would much prefer to, you know, to be to be up up near the, you know, the higher end of the table. Um, you know, I think if you take a quick glance at it, and you just look and you think Corporate oh, aren't doing very well, but when you actually drill yeah. into it, um, you know, the, the situation is we are. We're just we're just games behind. But um, so yeah, we would, you know, we'd, we'd much rather have the points on the board, and we'd much rather be in a. You know, being a position up in the league um, that looks a lot stronger than, than what it currently currently states, to be fair, because you know I think it can possibly have a little bit of an effect on you sometimes. You know, if we 
we went through a couple of games recently where we, you know we lost a couple of games in the league and, and and it did sort of leave us in in that position and whilst we knew we had the games in hand it, it, it does just you know it does cross your mind and give you something to think about to be honest well let's talk about Roman glass because um, that was a good win at home uh, at the weekend and Roman glass are a team that's impressed me obviously we covered their promotion from the first division last season and sometimes the sides going up from the first division don't always make the greatest start but Roman glass have been pretty competitive they've had some pretty good results so far so what did you make of them um, yeah we we sort of knew knew what to expect a little bit um, we knew that they would be quite strong and physical uh, obviously in very good form as well so we you know we, we sort of knew what what we had to do ourselves um, you know one, one thing we don't one thing we don't do is is concern ourselves too much about the opposition that we're up against first and foremost we need to go out and do um, do a job and entrust the lads to, to play the way that we that we asked them to play but um, I think Saturday the conditions um, played a massive part you know very you know very strong wind which we had with us in the first half and played against in the second half and um, I think I think to be honest it suited Roman glass a lot more than it suited us so um, whilst we were delighted with the win we were even more delighted um, to get the result with the conditions that we had to play in as well so coming up on Tuesday night you've got Clevedon in the Les Phillips Cup and um, that's going to be a real test for you isn't it yeah, it will be. Um, you know, it, it's a team that um, have you know made a few headlines this season. I think they they've started very strongly. Um, I think they went down to Plymouth Parkway recently and got and got a really good result down there as well. So um, so it's certainly a team that we're not going to be taking for granted. Um, you know, I believe they've um, I believe they're quite a young side that like to get the ball down and play football. And um, and, and looking at them, yeah, we're, we're certainly going to have to be at our best. And it's a uh, it's a tough draw away from home in the Les Phillips Cup. Cup runs are obviously the sort of thing that um, certainly get the fans fans going. But in terms of you and you and the club, um, how do you view the Les Phillips Cup this season? Is it a priority, or have you prioritised the league? Um, no, it's. I think it's a priority, definitely, because you know, I think from our perspective, we got to the quarterfinals last season and and, and lost out to Shepton Mallet on penalties in in what was a really frustrating game for us. Um, and I think last season we had a real edge about us where you know I think we, we actually thought we had a really good chance of winning the Les Phillips and um, if it wasn't for the last minute goal that took it to extra time against Shepton I think you know I think we would have put ourselves in a very very good position to go on and go on and possibly do that so I think it's something that this season again will be you know will be taken very seriously um, I think it helps as well that it's a midweek competition or it's a mid you know most of the games are played midweek this season so for us it gives us an opportunity to um, to move the squad around and, and um, freshen, freshen it up and give players rest for, for the Saturday games as well. Now I'm glad you reminded me about that Shepton Mallet game because am I right in thinking that you had the home advantage but you gave that away because of the severe fixture backlog that you, you had at the end of last season? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we obviously we had we had issues with with our pitch, and I think leading into that game, I think we'd probably gone about three or four weeks without a game. Um, obviously, the, the the conversation was you know was held between um, between our club and and I said I was I was happy to go up to Shepton Mallet. Um, uh, yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't an issue for us. Um, it certainly wasn't the reason we we, we went out. Um, like I say, we played very well that day. Um, we were just unfortunate right at the end with a with a decision that we, you know, a penalty was given against us with, um, from the referee. But in the grand scheme of things, that was um, 
a um, not necessarily an innovative decision, but certainly a brave one, and one that was sort of taken with the greater good in mind, wasn't it? Because we, we the whole league suffered. In fact, the whole country is well publicised how much grassroots football suffered with the weather and cancellations last season. But um, ultimately, if sides want to get games on, it's going to have to be decisions like that that need to get taken. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. And um, obviously, I know. Hopefully, we won't find ourselves in that situation this season because the club have done a lot of a lot of hard work on the pitch to, to certainly get us in a better shape. But yeah, it's one that I probably wouldn't hesitate in doing again, depending on what the circumstances were. Um, for me, that one was a no-brainer. You know, we needed to play football. Um, the lads hadn't played for for a long time. We needed to get that cup game played. Um, and and for us, you know, I'm I'm just as confident in the lads whether they play at home or away. So. Now, if we just look ahead to the fixtures uh, coming up uh, in the league, um, obviously we've talked a bit about the cup competitions, but um, uh, you've got an interesting run of games, quite a few away from home, but um, you do have the light, well, you've got Hallen and Odd down up next, then you entertain um, Plymouth Parkway, um, Wellington, um, Shortwood, and then um, Bitten and Buckland. So there's some real real quality um, sides at the top of the division uh, in there. I mean, do you think really by Christmas, you know, all joking aside about, about the league table, that actually the league table would have sort of shaken itself out? Are you targeting the sort of Christmas period to see where you are? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think we, um, yeah, we, you always get you always get gauged because by, by the time you get to Christmas, most, te- most teams have played each other. Um, so, yeah, so I think, I, think come, I think come Christmas we'll have a... Um, We'll have a gauge on where we're at, and, and we'll we'll see we'll see where we're at, and see what um see what happens as you go into the second part of the season. But yeah, no, we've got um we've got some really good games coming up. Obviously, we know we've got a bit of a run because uh, away from home because we've have a fixtures to fall in this season. I think we you know, we've had a, a long period of um, a sustained period of playing home games. So um, so yeah, it'll be um yeah it'll be interesting. And like I say, we, we just take it a game at a time. And Hallen on Hallen on Saturday will be a will be a tough one for us because we. You know, we, we beat them five 0 in the FA Cup, so they'll certainly be looking to, um, you know, looking for a bit of revenge on that one. And my thanks to Adam for his time. Now, our next featured game in the Premier Division is an eight-goal thriller between Clevedon Town and none other than Westbury United. Yeah, yeah, another win uh, for Westbury. Clevedon is an extremely tough place to go this season. They've, yeah, I think that's, I don't know if they can still be under the radar really. Um, but uh, fell, fell apart in this one a little bit. Uh, Westbury running out five free winners uh, at the Hand Stadium. Uh, Callum Demkiv, we obviously mentioned earlier, putting them ahead. And then an own goal, doubling their advantage. So obviously quite a quick start for, for Westbury. But um, yeah, Clevedon and their star man, Sid Camper, he seems to be involved in a lot of their goals, uh, assisting two on the afternoon, also scoring scoring another. Uh, they made it back to two all just before the break. Uh, but then, yeah, Westbury pushed on. Goals from Ricky Holbert, uh, Dan Kovacs, uh, Hobart scoring twice in the second half, sorry. And, uh, yeah, eventually Westbury coming out 5-3 victors. But, yeah, good performance again from Sid Camper um, and his Clevedon teammates. But, yeah, not not, not able to match Westbury's uh, yeah prowess in front of goal. <clears throat> eight goals in that game and eight goals in our next game, but it was a little bit more one-sided. Um, Hengrove still enduring that difficult start of the season and this time Shepton Mallet. Um, they, were in, uh, they, they found their stride in this one, Tom. Yeah, certain uh, certain teams seem to be uh, yeah finding their way in front of goal, a couple of uh, big away wins this week, and this was one of them. I mean, Shengrove, and it was James Billing scoring four of their goals um, in a completely dominant first-half performance. 
Uh, a 12 minute hat trick it was for Billing, his first three goals. Uh, and further further efforts from Tyson Pollard and Joe Morgan before the break, uh, making it 5 0. Uh, Joe Brimble did offer a bit of uh, respite for, for the home side getting on the score sheet uh, before Billing obviously scoring his fourth. And then Caitlin Gold, uh, pretty late on, capped a 7 1 win for, for Shepton Mallet and probably their performance of the season, I'd imagine. And finally, one last featured game in the Premier Division, and it's uh, Willen Rovers against Bradford Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this one uh, ending all square. Obviously, two sides who probably uh, fancy their chances over the next couple of months of, uh, yeah, sitting near the top of the table. Um, and it was, yeah, pretty fortunate for Willand at uh, this, this point. Uh, they had gone behind Will Halliston, uh, giving giving Bradford the lead. But then with 12 minutes left, uh, a deflected effort. I think it might have hit his, uh, yeah, his back. I'm not sure how much David still knew about it from all, uh, all accounts. But, uh, yeah, it ended up in the back of the net. And, uh, yeah. He ended uh, one all there between Willand and uh, Bradford. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's uh... a hand. Yes, it's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah, I've selected paints, cables, sealant, and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand, and it's ready to collect in twenty minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. And now looking into the first division, um, we start with uh, Bishop Sutton. They were at home to high-flying Corsham Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, pretty late drama in this one. Uh, Corsham going ahead um, uh, before Bishop Sutton equalised uh, in the final five minutes. Uh, so it looked like it was heading towards a draw. Corsham managing to yeah push on in the uh, yeah the final few minutes and uh, yeah regain their lead uh, through Josh Bright before Dan King added a, a late third with a, a pretty sublime chip. Uh, to make it 3-1. So, yeah, really good uh, late victory for Caution away at Bishop Sun. Now, we started, uh, we were talking about Cheddar earlier in the podcast. Of course, they had that incredible 8-0 win on Wednesday evening. Well, they went one better on Saturday. Yeah, um, amazing. Uh, 9-0 away at Bristol Telephones. Obviously, we also mentioned a bit of a porous defence at the moment. And, uh, yeah, the Adams were at it again. Adam Jones, five in midweek, four on the weekend, so not quite repeating the uh, the five-star trick. Uh, and also four goals uh, for Adam Wright. So, as I said, Adam's doing much of the uh, the heavy lifting for Cheddar in a, yeah, in a quite ridiculous week uh, for them. Uh, 17 yeah, seventeen goals. Seventeen goals uh, in the space of yeah, what two matches? Um, yeah, I'm not sure how long they can keep that up, but if they can, I think they'll be uh, yeah, tough to tough to beat. Obviously, <laughs> certainly doing wonders for their goal difference, isn't it? So our next game, seven goals in this one, and um, it was a one-sided affair. Devizes Town against Warminster Town. Yeah, uh, the perfect debut for for Mark Robinson, uh, scoring a first half hat trick uh, for Devizes. So yeah. A quick start to life there for him, uh, and yeah, six-one victory over Warminster, not bad uh, in, a, in a Wiltshire derby, uh, and also a double for Rob Mitchell, and then a, a free kick from uh, Ryan Bowl, uh, leading them to a yeah pretty comprehensive win, but their first three points of the month, so uh, yeah, very much needed victory as well for Devizes. I was there on uh, on Saturday at Devizes, nearly. I've only just thawed out. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but that very impressive win um, was all the excuse I needed to catch up with a new name to the podcast. Last uh, last season, we spoke to the other half of this particular management duo. This time, we speak to Tom Perkins. And I started by asking Tom whether he felt 6-1 did his side justice. Um, I thought we looked da- really dangerous every time we went forward. So, so yeah, I thought 6-1 was a, 
was, probably was a fair reflection of the game. I mean, Warminster did come um, and they, they had a clear game plan. Um, I thought they looked quite dangerous themselves in the opening 20 minutes going forward and they did cause us some problems. Um, but once we got a couple of goals in front, um, you know, we we seen the game out really well. And as soon as we scored the fourth goal, I thought uh, once his heads went down um, and, and we finished the game off um, five, probably the fifth and the sixth. Well, I mean, you say the heads went down, but I mean, I caught the I caught the last half hour, and um, I mean that was at four one. But in in fairness, I didn't think that Warminster were playing like a team that were four one down. They were still looking for chances. They were still um, putting pressure on your defence. Yeah, yeah, we did defend really well. Um, they, like I said, didn't, they did cause us some problems. Um, um, with it being a typical Wiltshire derby, um, you know, they wanted to keep going uh, right up until the end and give a good account of themselves. Um, I think they came to us and they were probably quite confident of getting a result as we um, hosted them early on in the season in the FA Vars and they went out to deserve a 2-0 winners then. Um, so we knew it was going to be a tough game and we knew what to expect from them. Um, we've seen their previous result as well from the following week against Bishops Lydiard, um, where they went down now, went a goal behind as well, um, and eventually pulled it back to run out 2-1 winners. Um, and I think they scored two late goals in that game as well, from, from what if I remember rightly. So we knew they were going to keep going right to, right till the end. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think we we uh, seen it out comfortably in the end. Now you needed a win in the league, didn't you? Because you've been on the back of three straight defeats. Yeah, absolutely. The pressure was on for us on uh, on Saturday. Um, like you said, with three defeats on the spin, um, was not was not ideal really. We'd had a really good start to the season uh, where we won. Despite the opening day defeat against Cheddar, uh, we won our next five fixtures on the spin. And then to follow up with three defeats was particularly disappointing. Um, so the pressure was on Saturday. Um, and then over the next few fixtures as well, we're looking to claw some of those points back and move move a bit higher up the table. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the pressure was on. We knew it was going to be a tough game. We knew that we were going to have to be at it from the start. Um, so, yeah. Now, I want to take you back to the end of last season. Um, I just started um, watching you as, a, as, a, as, as Devise's newest resident. And, um, um, well, no sooner had the season finished, but I had a look on social media and I was very concerned that it was the last I was going to see uh, of you and Darren. What, what, what happened there? Me, me and Darren made a joint decision uh, about a month before the end of last season that we were going to step down. Um, we informed the club of our decision so that they had uh, plenty of time to try and source a, source a replacement. Um, we did hold a meeting uh, a week or two after the final game of the season um, and the chairman's secretary, um, Sean O'Neill, convinced us to stay on um, and give it another season um, on the back of one of our best seasons for, I believe, in about 10 years. Um, we, we've built up a team, uh, particularly over the last four seasons that I've been involved um, three seasons, sorry, that I've been involved with local lads. Um, and the, Neil and Sean didn't want to see the end of that, really. Um, so with the end of the season we had with the runner results, um, and we thought we had clinched FA Cup football for the club for the first time in about 10 years, that was another incentive for us to stay on and give it another go. Um, I mean, when the season did eventually come round, uh, we did find out that... Um, the goalposts were changed slightly and we weren't actually in the FA Cup, which came as a bit of a disappointment. Um, but yeah, with the squad of players we've built up over the last three or four seasons, we were confident of um, you know, improving on last season's fifth place finish and seeing what happens, really. 
Well, you've sort of answered my next question there, really, because I did notice your incredibly good finish to the um, to last season. You were certainly one of the form sides, if not the form side. So I just wondered, I mean, what targets are you working for? I mean, I say you, you say you want to improve upon the um, upon the the fifth place finish from last season. Just how high do you think you can go? Well, we haven't really set ourselves too many targets this season. Um, I think our name was mentioned quite a lot. Um, in the pre-season as being potentially one of the sides that will be up there challenging this year, uh, mainly due to the finish that we did have last season. Um, but things go on behind the scenes at different clubs. Um, some clubs come out, of, come out of nowhere and um, all of a sudden turn things around and, and push up the league. So it's, it's always going to be an open league. Um, you know, we'd like to say we finished fifth last season. We've been told that if we finish in the top four this season, that should guarantee us FA Cup football next year, which is something the club is desperate for. Um, so that that probably is our aim, really, to finish in the top four. Um, but it's a long old season. Anybody can beat anybody. That's seen by a few results this weekend. Um, so I think we'll take it game by game. And once we get the Christmas period out of the way, we're into the new year. We'll see where we are then. Um, and yeah, take it from that, really. Well, I think the definitive example of uh, uh, of anybody can beat anybody is Portishead beating the league leaders, Welton Rovers. Um, yeah, absolutely. You've got Portishead next, so uh, what do you expect from them? Yeah, well, that was one of the first results we looked out for this weekend to see how Portishead um, got on, obviously with them coming up this coming weekend. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a bit of a surprise, but it shouldn't be really, because as I said, anybody can beat anybody in this league. Um, so it's just typical the week. You know, they've been in quite poor form, but the week before we're due to play them, um, they go and pull out a result like that. So I'm sure they're going to be full of confidence this coming weekend. Um, we're going to expect another tough game. Now, um, I was one of 102 at the game on Saturday, and I'm, I'm sure it would have been a lot more if, um, if it hadn't been for the weather. So what is it, what, in your experience, obviously you've, you've been at Devizes for, for, for some time now, what is it about a Wiltshire derby? I do love to talk about them on the podcast, I probably shouldn't, but there does seem to be something about them, doesn't there, that captures the, uh, the public's imagination? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think with the influence of social media over the past few years, um, there's a lot of uh, so-called banter that goes on um, between a few clubs, and you know, with us being you know quite close to one another, we, you know, we tend to know a few people at different clubs, whether it be players or managers and things like that. So there's always a, a little bit of rivalry between everybody, um, and that usually makes for a good game. Now, obviously, you are one half of the managerial team at Devizes with Darren Walters. How did that pairing come about? Um, well, Darren was there for two years previously. Um, was a joint manager um, with another chap who uh, used to come from Swindon. Um, and then he left, which left Darren on his own. Um, and Darren didn't want to continue on his own. He was looking uh, for, a, for an assistant and somebody to come in and help build, uh, build a local side up. Um, and I sort of my background really is only from sort of Sunday league, and I, I built a side up on Sundays um, from scratch, and you know to a really good side, um, full of local players, obviously. And um, yeah, because I knew quite a lot of the local players, and that's what the route the club wanted to go down. They got me myself involved. Um, we had a meeting with Darren, and you know we went for it, and we built up a good relationship over the past three, se- three or four seasons. So who's the good cop and who's the bad cop? Well, Darren is definitely uh, the more sombre one, shall we say, um, and the cool head in the changing room. And uh, if anything does need to be said, then I'm probably the one to say it sometimes and let them know, let them know about it as well. 
and my thanks to Tom for his time. Now, uh, one final game we're going to feature in this week's podcast in the First Division, and it was top of the table, Welton Rovers, against bottom of the table, Portishead Town. Surely, Tom, only one winner here. Yeah, absolutely, obviously. Uh, and that's Porter's head, of course. A 3-0 win um, to away at Welton. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, Welton have started, I think we've mentioned this before, they do start games pretty slowly, it seems. Um, but yeah, unable to, to recover in this one. Uh, goals in either half from Jasper Harlington uh, and then also a goal uh, before the break from Robbie Cox, uh, giving Porter's head just their second league win of the campaign and obviously, yeah, a bit of a stunner this one. But um, yeah, certainly a wake-up call for Welton. Um, but um, yeah, ma- massive result for Porter's head, a 3-0 victory away at um, West Clues. Well, that concludes our look at the um, uh, the Premier and First Division over the weekend predominantly there of course plenty of midweek matches as well and uh, we've got plenty of midweek matches coming up this week it's Les Phillips Cup time first round proper absolutely chock-a-block um, with fixtures uh, in the competition uh, starting on Tuesday the 30th of October uh, now on the grounds that we've got a pretty good feeling that this won't be going to air until uh, Wednesday there doesn't seem to be too much um, point previewing those games because they'll have already happened and the results will also be available on the app and on the website I'm sure uh, Wednesday um, there are um, uh, four more ties in the Les Phillips Cup so um, uh, it's a big week of Les Phillips Cup action in the Western League uh, it's also a big week of uh, FA Vars action it's the second round and um, we could really do with a better experience in that competition than we had in the first uh, so with that in mind I thought it was uh, it was a good time to catch up with Kerry Miller of course he is the Western League's press officer and um, uh, we wanted to, I wanted to have a chat with, uh, with Kerry previewing the sides that our sides are going to meet we started off by looking at the game that Bradford Town will be involved with away to Brockenhurst and I started up by asking Kerry what, what could he tell me about Brockenhurst well apart from the fact that it's a gorgeous little place in the middle of the new forest and there's every chance that ponies will walk past the, past the ground up the high street while they're playing um, they are in the Wessex League Premier Division we do know about them because they won at Longwell Green in the last round. Um, but they are currently fourth from bottom in their league. They, they've lost ten of, uh, sorry, they've lost six of the ten games. Um, the last four Wessex League games they've lost, so um, they are vulnerable. And um, it's it's a it's a good place to go. Bradford um, under new management. They're, they uh, I saw them uh, last week up at uh, Corsham in the. Wiltshire Senior Cup and they look good and um, so I expect a result there and uh, certainly uh, hopefully uh, we'll have a result there bearing in mind we've only five teams left We'll keep fingers crossed then for Bradford but um, um, we move on to Cheddar the Cheeseman and and they they have an awesome task ahead of them don't they? Well they do Um, St Austell as everybody knows put six past Plymouth Parkway in the previous round which was no uh, mean feat but they are they are vulnerable at the back. They lost four um, three to Exmouth last week, and they've also lost five two to Argyle Reserves. Um, so they you know they can be vulnerable. And of course Cheddar uh, um, have got various Adams playing for them up front, three or four Adams, and they're all amongst the goals. Um, eight or nine, I think it is, in their last couple of games. Each games, um, again, I saw them not that long ago against both Chard and also another one that escapes me. But, um, it was Tottenham Ealing in the Vars, the previous round. 
and uh, they got past that one. And I, I have a feeling that um, they, they could actually um, give St. Austell a good game. Apart from the Willen game, I think it's it's um, it's definitely the game of the, of the of the day as far as the Wessex and the uh, sorry the Western League and the Peninsula League are concerned. So, if we take you back to your previous life as a sports editor. Um, Can I suggest, if Cheddar do win, what do you think about this for a headline? Adam's family give St Austell Halloween horror show. Yeah, yeah, we'll settle for that. That's good, because there there are at least three Adams all scoring goals at the moment up front for Cheddar. Now, you mentioned uh, Exmouth Town just now, um, and they're our our next uh, side, aren't they? Yeah, they're at home to Cadbury Heath. Um, They're having a good season. They are... Uh, of course, in the Premier of the South West Peninsula as well. They have won nine of their 12 games so far, uh, but they are only seventh. But, but there again, they, they've got um, something like eight or nine games in hand of the leaders or something along those lines. Um, we do know them because uh, they beat Bridgewater earlier on quite comfortably. And um, they are, of course, an ex-Western League set-up and um, it's looking good there at the moment for Exmouth Town. They, they've um, got this guy that's been around for a while who goes under the name of Ace High, who's centre forward. And uh, he's, he's well known in the area, he scores a lot of goals. And um, Cabri Heath should, uh, should really be on, on, uh, on their best behaviour down there to get a result for us, hopefully. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one. Do you, uh, do you think he plays a lot of poker? <laughs> I, I, I've tried to find out over the years because I've seen him play many times just where the name comes from and I honestly haven't had a definitive answer yet but I do know that he's, uh, he knows where the goal is Well, he and, sounds uh, like the sort of yeah. bloke who's always got a trick up his sleeve anyway. Oh, please, All right, okay. keep going Let's, um, let's move on to uh, Newport on the Isle of Wight. Now, of course, this is a town that I know very well. A, a young Ian Knockhold spent many summers holidaying on the Isle of Wight at Newport but um, what are they like on the football pitch? Well, at the moment, um, the club is going through a bit of a crisis because I um, I understand that it could be their last season at um, at their ground, um, which in itself is only sort of 20, 25 years old or, or somewhere around there. So they've got problems off the um, off the pitch. Um, on the pitch, they're they're currently in the Wessex Division One, um, having been uh, relegated, and they've only won five of eleven games at the moment. And um, looking at their um, fixtures, they've only scored 18 goals in 11 games. So Cribs um, have got a hell of a journey just to get there. But once they are there, um, you know, there's a good chance of a result. Cribs on their day, um, you know, can beat anybody. And um, if they look at it um, in the positive as to having a day out with an important match at the end of it, um, it's uh, there's a strong possibility of a result there. It's, uh, if nothing else, they're playing abroad. So, um, good luck to Cribs. <laughs> and finally, uh, our last side still in action is Will and Rovers, and uh, they entertain Tavistock. Well, they do, and this, I mean, this is a huge uh, Devon derby. Um, Will and, of course, are third in the Premier, um, only uh, behind undefeated Westbury and Bridgie, so they're right in the mix. Um, Tavi, on the other hand, have won ten and drawn one of their eleven games, and they're averaging four games, almost four goals a game. Um, they no longer have Glyn Hobbs, their centre forward, um, who uh, rejoined them, but he's gone off to Bodmin. But it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, they're scoring an awful lot of goals. Um, 
they've got nine games in hand of the leaders and uh, they that will be a, a cracking game. Um, of course, Bitten thrashed them in the FA Cup 7-0 at the start of the season, um, which, which was a, a, a strange result in itself. But since then, uh, they have obviously reshaped their team and got it together because they hammered Bodmin 7-1 and uh, Launceston 5-0 away. So they, they certainly know uh, how to score goals. That one should attract a big crowd. It will be a very tough physical game and uh, one to look forward to. And my thanks to Kerry for his time. Now, also on Saturday the 3rd of November, uh, we've got some games in the Premier Division. What are, your, what are your pick of the fixtures, Tom? A little bit left field. There's not too many sort of um, top v top sides, I suppose, uh, matches going on this weekend. So, Hall and Bridport, obviously, uh, a bit of a Bridport um, Loving at the moment, but yeah, down in 17th. Uh, but they have played the least amount of matches uh, in in the Premier Division. Three wins from their eight games, obviously a victory last Saturday. And uh, yeah, they're three points behind Hallam at the moment, who have probably aside, yeah, probably hoping to be a little bit higher up the table. So this should be out of, out of the uh, the Premier Division matches this weekend. I think this one, yeah, caught my eye a little bit. Well, the game that caught my eye was Roman Glass St George. I don't uh, get tired about talking about them. I've been really impressed with the the start they've made in the Premier Division. Uh, We know um, that um, traditionally they've enjoyed, um, with their all-weather pitch, they've enjoyed an advantage at home. And it would be interesting to see how Plymouth Parkway um, compete up there. Plymouth back to winning ways at the weekend. And um, uh, they'll be looking for all three points, I'm sure, against Roman Glass. But they will will have their work cut out for them. So that would be my pick of the Premier Division. Division matches, and if we have a look in the first division, Tom, what tickles your fancy there? Uh, yeah, I've gone for Warminster, Canesham. Uh, Canesham obviously pushing up the table following a, a poor start, but obviously uh, defeat uh, on the weekend, so they'll want to, yeah, want to hit back against the Warminster side. Yeah, likewise, suffered defeat on the weekend. Uh, five wins from their their first few fixtures, so they're in pretty good shape. But yeah, um, this will be a good test for Canesham away from home, I think. I've, um, I'm going for Corsham Town. I was up there recently, actually. I saw them play um, Radstock. Hopefully there'll be more goals um, on this occasion. And the visitors are Wells. Wells, of course, relegated last season, sat reasonably handily in seventh um, in the first division. Caution themselves a fourth. We know how tightly it's bunched up at the top of the first division, so I think this will be a very interesting game um, to... Um, um, uh, to see perhaps where which one of these sides continues their good start to the season. So that con- that concludes our roundup of the um, of the results and the fixtures um, for uh, over the past week. Um, but it's about time I think we had a quick look at the goal scorers. Goals are featured really heavily in um, in this uh, in this episode of the podcast. So I think probably we might we might have seen some movement, Tom. I was going to say exactly that. Yeah, we've certainly seen. Uh, yeah. Uh, certainly the goals have been flying in uh, and for some players in particular so Premier Division leading scorers obviously league goals only this is uh, we've got Jack Taylor of uh, Bridgewater leading the way uh, pretty comfortably he's got 16 league goals uh, Ryan Radford uh, of Roman Glass he's on 9 in second place and then we've got Luke Mortimer of Willand he has 8 uh, in third uh, and then down in the first division obviously where quite a lot of the goal scoring has been going on this week we've got the two Adams <laughs> uh, after their fantastic week for Cheddar uh, at the top of the, the top of the par we've got Adam Jones on 15 obviously helps when you score 5 and 4 
uh, and then Adam Wright on the, on 12. So, yeah, the two cheese men atop the uh, the first division uh, standings. Stuart Windsor also into double figures. He's got 11 league goals for Carl. Uh, and then in all competitions, we've got Taylor of uh, Bridgewater. He's on 18. Jones of Cheddar on 17. And then we've also got Ben Bam and done a lot of goal scoring in the cup. Uh, he's on 15 goals. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Callum Demko, I think, is probably worthy of a, a mention as well. He's got 14 goals in all competitions so far for, for Westbury, obviously doing extremely well. Excellent stuff. Now then, Tom, um, we've been reviewing your bulletin, and uh, that is on the Western League website. Yeah, indeed. Uh, on the, uh, there's a on the homepage, and then there's also a tab along along the top of the uh, the yeah the website, which you can uh, yeah download the uh, the latest um, latest bulletin. Excellent. And what about your column in this week's non-league paper? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, same as always. Uh, step five and six section reviewing the uh, the the Premier Division matches from the uh, from the weekend. Yeah. And will you be reflecting on the FA Vars this week? That's not my my job, unfortunately. Just the seven, I think it is this weekend, uh, Premier Division fixtures. But I'm sure there will be, yeah, uh, information in there about the, uh, the how our sides get on in the Vars. Well, uh, a plug for another column that goes uh, that goes out uh, from the Western League, and that, of course, is for Kerry Miller, uh, our um, our press officer, and. Uh, I, if you're a, particularly if you're a caution fan, keep an eye out for this um, weekend Sunday Independent because there is a feature on uh, on your club there. I'm sure that many of the of the listeners to the podcast will be familiar with the Sunday Independent and Kerry's um, club features. He does a lot of features, obviously, of the clubs in the in the Tool Station Western League. And um, if uh, if you're involved with the club and you haven't been featured recently in the uh, in the Independent, then um, Kerry's contact details are on the uh, on the Western League website, and um, I'm sure he'd be very interested to hear from you and arrange an opportunity to um, promote your club anyway that's enough from Tom and I we, um, we're going to go downstairs and do the optics I think well from us here at the, in the heart of Bath at the Ram this has been another Tool Station Westerly Podcast <laughs>